This is Eric Calvillo, and you're listening to Tectonic Takes. Welcome to the Tectonic Takes podcast, but in this case, this won't be a, the usual full-length podcast that you normally expect from us. Due to our schedules recently, it's been interesting trying to find a time for us to gather together. Uh, Will's not with us tonight, but yeah. we also wanted to briefly talk about the latest happenings in the MLS Cup playoffs and we wanted to address that before our next podcast where the MLS Cup final will have already happened with uh, Favi interviewing Jamin Moore. So yeah, today Favi and I are going to uh, talk about both the conference semifinals and the conference finals of the MLS Cup. This won't be as in-depth as usual. I won't be going through every single lineup or everything, but yeah. we'll talk big picture stuff, the main events of each match, uh, kind of wrap up the eliminated teams and how they did this season and where they go from here. And we'll go over the predictions we made and make new ones for the MLS Cup final. And that'll be it for today. So, uh, Favi, how have you been uh, keeping up with the MLS playoffs? Yeah, I mean, we, we I've been a little busy out here in Japan mm-hmm. trying to find a job and kind of getting a work schedule down. Same goes for you. So it's just been mm-hmm. a little bit of a headache kind of, I guess the off season came at the best time, right? So we all we all kind of got our personal lives handled. I got a little baby on the way, so me and my wife are, uh, you know, we're getting ready for that day to come. How much um, more time? Um, he should come out in February. It's a boy, so we're happy. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna, two more months about early February. Yeah, exactly. So okay. I'm ready. I'm ready to be a soccer dad. I mean, you know, I'm out. I'm, I got a little quakes. Uh, some quakes clothes for him already. We're gonna call him Leo, so it's gonna it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be. It's you know, gonna that be great means fun. you have one last transfer window as a non-parent. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> late nights. It's gonna be later on in my life. It's gonna be because of crying and things, but not looking up rumor mill stuff. But yeah, it's, yeah, you're gonna miss a lot more transfers now because you're not gonna be able to stay up as much. <laughs> right. Well, you know what's funny is since I'm already like 17 hours ahead of time, so it's gonna be like, oh wow. Well, I guess Fabi's up at a regular time for you guys, but for me, it's probably like 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. or whatever. Right. So, right. yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Definitely excited and. I've never spent more than like a week or two at most out of this time zone at a time. So just for that period of time, it does shift your whole perspective of things as a sports fan, but to make a permanent move like yourself and not just travel to the other side of the country or even to Europe, (laughs) travel to Japan where it's, almost always a different day than all your friends and family back in California is well, an interesting experience. Well, I'm in the future. I already know who, who wins. I mean, <laughs> I know, I know these games, they already happened for me. So no, so, but uh, so you don't need a job. You can just uh, 
sports make bet. money gambling. Yeah, yeah. I'll put a sports bet down for in for Las Vegas while I'm in Japan. No, but yeah, it's I'm sure your wife would be thrilled with that. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, you know, fantasy football was just hard to get by. Um, I got really <laughs> lucky this year and got guys that just didn't get, you know, COVID and didn't get hurt. So definitely definitely all the fantasy football players out there that are in my boat. You know, big ups to you. You chose the right people. <laughs> yeah, I was in three fantasy football leagues this year. I did pretty well in one. I did about middle of the road in the other, and I did pretty bad in the other. And the one I did bad in, it wasn't even, like, COVID or anything. Mm-hmm. It was just the most inconsistent team you could Im- imagine. Like, aside from Alvin Kamara, everyone was inconsistent. Tom Brady, <laughs> Justin Herbert, Julio Jones, Clyde Wait, Herbert, Herbert's not inconsistent? You got 1.7 points for me this week. Oh, yeah, this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I didn't have a single week where everyone just had a normal week. Someone <laughs> sucked, like beyond sucked, and it cost me most weeks in that league. Um, and yeah. the league that I was in the middle of the road in, unfortunately, it was one of my few bad weeks, and we were doing – it's 12 players and we're doing a weird like 10 team playoff structure. So we're only doing Ooh. one week playoffs. And yeah. Unfortunately that's me out, but oh. I still have a chance in one league. So. Yeah. The, I mean, crazy year. I mean, looking back on the MLS, we're, I'm just happy we had a season. Um, right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in that boat where it's like alluding to what we're going to talk about in this episode or in this little short snippet is I'm, I'm more in the same or in the boat that I want to see a team that already won one. So you, you kind of see what, what I'm trying to go for right now, but <laughs> no. we could call it a wash. I mean, it, it, <laughs> Seattle got another ring. It's okay. It's Seattle, you know, but we don't know yet. Columbus could still do something. Yeah. You know, it's funny. <laughs> this is a, this is a Cascadia type of MLS final because Caleb Porter you know, manage those Portland Timbers for years. So it's like, if anybody knows how to beat Seattle, it's Caleb Porter. So we're, we might have a, we're probably going to have a great game on our hands. I think two very strong teams coming out of MLS's back, um, just dominant teams. And we're going to get into that. But first I want to, I want to give a big shout out to all of our Patreon subscribers. Thank you. Um, we truly appreciate all of you guys, all what you do for us. You help this podcast stay afloat. And I truly appreciate that. We do have a Facebook now. You guys are probably watching this on Facebook or YouTube. But go ahead and uh, follow us on Facebook since uh, we had a little Twitter debacle. Um, and I lost uh, our Twitter for a bit. We're finally back up. But make sure don't put all your eggs in one basket. So we're on Facebook now too. Um, but, yeah. And then quick shout-out to the Beautiful Game Network and Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC for continuously sponsoring this podcast as well. All right, Ivan, let's get into the meat and potatoes. All right, so where we left off uh, in our last podcast covering the MLS playoffs, we made predictions, Fabi and I, about which teams we thought were going to make it to the conference finals. And we each went two for four. Unsurprisingly, Mm. one of the two we each got right were the Sounders. We (laughs) chickened out, and it worked out for us. Sometimes chickens (laughs) do prosper. Um, We did cross the road, right? (laughs) Yeah. But then we went opposites in every other pick, and it Mm. was 50-50. So we – 
Oh, actually, no. We both got Nashville wrong. Mm. <laughs> we believed a little too much in that. Yeah, but hey, I mean, Nashville, what a great story this year. I mean, if you're a Nashville fan, I mean, you got made fun of so much, right? Just being the second-tier team coming in. Like, you guys aren't spending any money, da-da-da-da-da. And look, I mean, you guys made – you made it to the playoffs. You won two games, something that the Quakes haven't done in like 10 years. So it's, it's, it's definitely something to be proud of. If you're a national fan, you beat two teams that spent a lot more money and that's not always the formula for success. Yeah. And through Miami, everyone was more excited for them, but their stars didn't really show up when it counted. See, you had uh, the same old stars and some younger players filling in old shoes. And yeah, they were expected to challenge Philadelphia, but turns out neither the Toronto or Philadelphia were quite up to the challenge this year in the playoffs. Are we going to talk about the Landon Don, Donovan MLS um, MVP snub right now? Are we going to are we going to dabble in that a bit? Pasuelo yeah, from talk about that. Toronto FC won that award, and I'm sorry, I have not seen a single highlight of this guy all year. Um, I. As like a you know San Jose podcaster, I'm thinking oh, it's going to like Diego Rossi, it's going to Nicholas Lodedo. Like these guys are just quality lads. Like you don't, these guys are gonna. Ma- I mean Lodedo, oh, you know it's funny. I, I just named two Uruguayans. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, it's, that's not even a San Jose podcaster thing. That's an Uruguayan thing. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but those are two guys that could have won, that should have won the award. Look at Seattle. Look at look at what Diego Rossi did with LAFC without Vela and without I mean Diamande when they lost him in the beginning of the year without Walker Zimmerman. Right, mm-hmm. that's never MVP type of season. But I guess they wanted to give it to like what happened in that boardroom. Why did I mean I don't know. I guess I'm not gonna be in that boardroom. I'm not gonna know. But definitely a snub on my on my end, I think. Yeah, he's Alejandro Pozuelo had a best eleven kind of season, but not an MVP kind of season. That's mm. the best way I can put it. Congratulations to him, though. Whoever <laughs> wins it, you know, I'm gonna be happy for them, unless yeah, you know, they did something it's horrible. A player. Unless it's not a Quakes player getting snubbed, right? <laughs> oh yeah, that that would suck too. I mean, man. Some Quakes had some great, pretty good seasons, and it's just, I guess, though that 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 stretch where we lost seven to one just didn't make us or didn't let us have anybody in the best eleven or in the MVP running type of thing. But Espinosa had a great year. He definitely, if we didn't lose as many games as we did, he could have been up there too. Yeah, there's some bias when it comes to MLS awards and stuff. If LAFC lost 7-1. I don't think that would have ruled out Vela or Rossi from the Yeah, that's right. But these things happen when you're in San Jose, and you just got to hope for better things to come. But you hope for the best, expect the worst. That's just how it goes. Yeah, man. Ivan, did you get to catch the Seattle-Minnesota game? Yeah, I did. But first, let's go in order. So we're going to go through the (laughs) conference semifinals. Uh, So – we have uh, – we got both got the Sounders right. Yeah. Both got Nashville wrong. Mm. And the ones that we were mixed, I got New England being uh, Philadelphia right. Mm. I think that's what happened. Yeah. No, New England beating Orlando right. Sorry. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, so what happened was uh, New England beat Philadelphia the round before that. Yeah, no, nope. I'm remembering, right? No worries. <laughs> and then uh, I thought Sporting Kansas City was going to beat Minnesota, but you were right. Minnesota ended up being Sporting Kansas City. And By a lot. start with the uh, <laughs> – Sporting uh, did not look good at all. Tim, Like you said in the chat that we have, Ivan, Tim Melia used up all his saves, right? I mean <laughs> – Yeah, he used up all his saves in the penalty shootout. And Gosh. It was a really wild game, and it could have gone so differently. For the first 15 to 20 minutes, I think, Sporting Kansas City were all over Minnesota United. I remember Michael Boxel had to make a goal line clearance. Yeah. There were some other close calls, but – you know, the cliche proves true. You you have to score when you're on top, otherwise it bites you in the ass. And oh. that happened to Sporting Kansas City. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so yeah. Minnesota United, they made it to another semifinal. They made it that far in the MLS's back tournament. Mm. And they are hell-bent at this underdog thing, even though they've been doing a lot better <laughs> this last year and been yeah. more consistent than most other MLS teams. And I get it that being, by being Sporting Kansas City, you then had to go to Seattle Sanders. So you went from one – you went from the top seed in the West to the defending MLS champions. So yeah, right. By default, you are technically the underdog, but – it's no longer David and Goliath when you're Minnesota United. Yeah. There's somewhere in the middle between the two. Yeah. And I, I'm just, I was hoping for Minnesota to win it all. Cause I wanted Kevin Partita to get a ring, but um, we're going to have him on a little later this month. I think if not in December or in January, and he's going to speak about um, his experience moving over to Minnesota and kind of going to the MLS playoffs. And then as well as, you know, the unfortunate tragedy that Reno folded, things like that. So keep, keep an uh, eye out for uh, that. But wasn't Kevin Partia, this was a transfer for next season, though? Uh, yeah, just I guess, I guess like kind of getting moving there, things like that, right? Right, so. but he wouldn't get a ring this season. Oh, he wouldn't? Uh, no, okay, because he wouldn't then. be on their roster for this okay. season. Then I then yeah. I'm rooting for uh, Seattle. <laughs> Let's, I, I, take, I take back my route. And then, <laughs> you take it retroactively for games that happen already. Yeah, exactly. So we talked about uh, Minnesota United, and that was just the first of their two games here on our schedule where they had a pretty wild game there. And it was the same night as well where Cruz Azul beat uh, Pumas uh, 4-0 in the first leg. Mm. But as all Liga Mekis know what happened and expected to happen, they <laughs> choked. Pumas would go on to go to the Liga Mekis final. And that will be pretty much all we talk about uh, from Liga Mekis. But I'm I mean, so pissed about the Chivas losing. <laughs> isn't, isn't Cruz Azul always known for choking? Like, that's exactly. The thing. I, I tweeted, I replied to Tom Marshall's tweet uh, that Cruz Azul is Spanish for Atlanta Falcons. And that, was, <laughs> that got some laughs. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that that's that's a bad that's a bad nickname to get if you're in the in the football world for sure. Down right. or up twenty eight to three and just blow it in the Super Bowl, jeez. Right, and then in the next game we had uh, Seattle Sounders. They beat FC Dallas. It was a one zero game. It felt rather tame compared to some of the other games that yeah. these two have had in the past. And Nicholas Ladera had the game-winning assist, and the mm-hmm. unlikely hero, Shane O'Neill, put it in the back of the net. It was early in the second half, so 
it was one of those games where champions know how to win results even when yeah. they're not going full speed. And I think that's what they did in that game against FC Dallas. Yeah, and that that game there was a couple of – actually, FC Dallas had a couple of shots that came off the post. So it was mm-hmm. – it definitely could have gone another way. FC Dallas looks like a strong contender for this next year to come as well. So they shouldn't keep – they should keep their head up because they look like a great team. If, they, if they're going to take – if they're going to have the former, you know, MLS champions advancing on them with a corner or with a corner and a center back scoring, I'll take that any day, man. Like you didn't, you didn't have a bad display, unfortunately on a set piece, you just let a couple things happen. And that's a great, I mean, that's, it's an unfortunate way to go out, but it's also something that you can build on. Right. And if see Dallas continues to be mass producing young American talent. Yeah. Their ranks. They've sold Reggie Cannon this season to Boa Vista, and they already have his replacement right back links to Europe as well. So <laughs> that's kind of an interesting position to be in. They still have the likes of Jesus Ferreira and Paxton Pomichel coming up yeah. too. I think FC Dallas are starting to not just be a talented team with youth, a youth academy that they're starting to to have the building blocks to become a more consistent MLS and playoff level team. And we'll see how that works for them. Yeah. And it's, and it seems like, like that part of Texas is just a great talent pool. I mean, you probably get a lot of Latin influence from, um, mm-hmm. you know, from Mexico and a lot of Central American countries. But I'm, I'm, I guess, I mean, that's just a great talent area and they always pump out kids. I mean, they always pump out players, men. It's insane. They, they do a great job down there. All right. So that's the Western Conference semifinals concluded. So that set up Minnesota United versus Seattle Sounders. Which yeah. Kansas City getting knocked out. Uh, Seattle Sounders got to host the next game in the MLS playoffs. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Do you remember the last time a stadium name was changed midseason before CenturyLink Field becoming Lumen Field? Oh, yes, yes. Avaya Stadium to Earthquake Stadium, right? Right, but like a name change to like another sponsor. Oh, another sponsor? Kind of like. I mean, if we would have found another sponsor, right? Because they went, because Avaya went bankrupt and (laughs) we didn't have another sponsor. So, right. Yeah. And I guess you can understand that, but CenturyLink Field certainly isn't bankrupt. (laughs) Yeah. CenturyLink, I mean. But anyway, uh, now we'll go into the East. And New England Revolution got a 3 1 win over Orlando City. And they just kept chugging along. That They were the Cinderella of this year's playoffs. Yeah. So they were the eighth seed. They had to win three games just to get to the conference finals. And the only non-Cinderella things about them is that they have a coach who has won an MLS Cup before in Bruce Arena. Yeah, and he showed his quality out there. I mean, he, that's the type of coach that you want on your side during the playoffs. I mean, e- even if during the season you didn't have – a great season or you didn't put up the most points. If you're in the playoffs, you're still in it. And that's, I mean, he found a way to win with the galaxy teams, even though he did have a lot more talent, but he's definitely weathered and, and try or yeah, tried for playoffs. So. So, and I knew that this was going to be a trap game for Orlando. City because yeah. they did have to go without uh Pedro Gallese due to the red card mm-hmm. he received in the penalty shootout against New yeah. York City. And, of course, they weren't going to put Rodrigo Schlegel in goal for all 90 minutes. They went with 
Kellen Rowe, the former LA Galaxy player, mm. and he was average at best for them, and he still doesn't seem like the type of goalkeeper you want playing for you in a yeah, playoff game. In the playoffs. Although yeah. I would say the same about Andrew Tarbell. Yeah, and right. His team are in the finals, albeit like we'll see. There's a chance that he might start, he might not with that situation. But yeah, I, I tried to reach out to him on Twitter to see if he wants to be on the tonic takes, but uh <laughs> that was before I realized that he was actually starting for Columbus and getting playoff minutes, you know. <laughs> so that's good. I mean good for him for getting you know some good quality playing time and kind of re like rejuvenating his career so that's good right so new england revolution they're built in a similar way as fc dallas like they don't grab a lot of headlines for their youth academy but they're built with a lot of solid players that they don't have the international pedigree like when i think of their international players like carlos gill he had an okay European career, nothing too mm. eye-popping. Um, but I think that New England Revolution are one of those teams that you just can't write off in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. I don't see them winning the Eastern Conference next season, but that doesn't seem to mean much anyway with the way Philadelphia Union and Toronto FC, the two best teams in the regular season, going out early in the playoffs. Yeah. But – I can see them having another decent run next year too. Yeah, and I mean, the the New England Revolution have a player like another Uruguayan, Diego Fagundes, where he's just a solid player, a solid MLS player that's always on their squad, always does well, um, and they keep talent. They didn't sell them off, so they're always like lingering. This and New England Revolution's always lingering around around the eighth spot, so they can make some noise always, right? So maybe they make one or two splash signings and and have them or help them kind of surpass that next step for them. Right. And Orlando City, I think the next season is going to be very interesting because yeah. I think that Inter Miami have now shaken off the rust. Of uh, their first season, and now Definitely. there could be a legitimate Floridian rivalry between those two. Yeah, and I'm excited to see that first game. I mean, second year of Oscar Pereja. I mean, and maybe they they find some more quality players like Dyke and um, Mueller this year. But or yeah, Mueller, right? Chris Muller. Yeah, I think Mueller is right. Mueller, okay, M U E. Yeah, and um, yeah, he's I really mean, good. They found those two players this year, so maybe they can, you know, churn out some more talent out of, you know, Orlando. So I'm excited to see what Oscar Pereira can do with that team going forward. And then as yeah. well, Miami, I mean, Miami, Miami, Fort Lauderdale or Miami. But, <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to have a better season. Like you said, they're going to kick the rust off. Uh, Iguain's going to have time to get his – or Iguain brothers, sorry, are going to have time to get accommodated. And Matuidi maybe has a little more fire in him, a little more grit. So I think that team is a playoff-caliber team, and they might compete for the top seed. Yeah, and, the Iguain brothers, I have faith that they're going to still be consistent. But Matuidi, I feel like this is an important year for him. Otherwise, he either go back to Serie A like Zlatan did, going to AC Milan after MLS. <laughs> the retirement or league get of Serie A. <laughs> or he'll get a big paycheck somewhere in Qatar or China. <laughs> or Japan. <laughs> Possibly. I mean, did Japan really over 
pay for players like Andres Iniesta? Um, the, um, they overpaid for Iniesta, but they they actually get a lot of talent that's like from the Brazilian league. Um, like Han, remember the, the the big the big name that was possibly coming to MLS that was a uh, Kikuse Honda. Um, oh, he yeah, actually went to Honda. Brazil. So if you a lot of you guys don't know this, there's there's a big population of Brazilians in Japan and as well as Japanese in Brazil. So they actually get a lot of talent from Brazilian leagues here in Japan. So they don't really overpay too much for these Brazilian guys. But since they come with a little bit of flair, you know, they're fun to watch. It's kind of like their DP signings. But um, no, yeah, definitely they don't overpay too much. But again, that Miami team, that they should be a great team. I mean, they're, they, and Ivan, we forgot about the sleeping giant, Atlanta United. Atlanta United being good is good for the league. So I think it'll take posted... more time for them to uh, improve. I think we still need to see what kind of player Joseph Martinez is when he returns. Right. And what's left of the squad because so many different players are coming back and forth. And, like, it's really weird. Yeah, I mean, I was, I, I was really hoping that they were going to buy Danny Husen from us that, at the beginning of the year. That would have been a nice little – you know, a nice little paycheck. And I, I'm kind of bummed too. I mean, we're, we might talk about this a little later, but like, why didn't we get any money for Vaco or for Danny Hoosen? If we knew we weren't going to sign them, we should have been shopping these guys. And, and that's completely, un, I mean, totally unfortunate. I mean, in, in what day and age do you, do you the sign? The approach that they're still playing at that very safe level, but high risk, high reward. And when there's no risk, there's no reward. So. You have to use up that cap space and try to find someone else. But uh, yeah. you guys will talk more in depth about Quake's offseason moves with Jamin Moore. So yeah, yeah, we'll definitely we'll just go briefly in. Briefly touch upon it here. Yeah. Um, and lastly, we had uh, it was Columbus Crew, was it? Yeah, beating mm-hmm. Nashville two zero, uh, and Nashville was. A bit less shocking that they did well in the playoffs than New England Revolution because I think Nashville had a bit strong into the season, in yeah. my opinion. I think the way that they were playing the game, they're executing their game style, mm-hmm. it was almost to perfection for them. So I think that they were going to give everyone a tough fight until they were eliminated and it happened to be here. Columbus Crew are a pretty good team, I think, Throughout times in the regular season, they were in that conversation with Toronto and Philadelphia. Yeah, they made one of the smartest signings of the season, bringing in Lucas De La Ryan. Yeah, which went in against probably the biggest, or not biggest, but the most improving signing of the season, bringing Walker Zimmerman to Nashville yeah. to get them to that next level. And uh, I go so. Ahead. Columbus was coming out of the MLS back chart. Remember when they were number one, where they won all their games in their group and everybody thought that they were the powerhouse of the league mm-hmm. that because Caleb Porter and Giassi Zardes were just, you know, taking that team to the next level. And all, this all happened after the save the crew, right? So this is a really nice story for the crew. I mean, they got to save their club and we got to see Austin FC come into fruition. So Again, if you're a crew fan, go go to the stadium once they open up again safely and and make sure you support that team because they're doing this for you guys, right? This is this is out of pre, uh, pre-court's hands and this is all for you. So make sure make sure you support that team because this is a great story for them and for the city of Columbus. Right. And 
looking ahead a bit, Columbus is a very solid front six of players. Their defense is pretty good too, and their biggest weakness, I think, is their goalkeeper, especially if Tarbell is their one of choice. But Eloy Room also, he's had his ups and downs. But anyway, having Arthur and Nagby in those center midfield spots, yeah, Luis Diaz and Pedro Santos on the wings, Lucas Zellerian as the cam, and Jesse yeah. Zardes up top. When I compare that front six to the front six of the Seattle Sounders, I think the only area where the Sounders have a significant advantage is that striker spot. Rui Diaz is a much better yeah. player than Jesse Zardes. Yeah, but then Except again, when Jesse Zardes gets hot, but even <sighs> then, I would still rather have Raul Rui Diaz on my team. But Giassi Zardes just finds a way to score goals for 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 that team. It's it's weird, man. Like they, he just scores a whole bunch of goals, and it's not on the international level. And then on the international level, he just forgets how to play. Yeah. But in MLS, he scores goals, and and he's a great player. But we'll see. I I think Rui Diaz is definitely way more. I think you know it's really funny. Yeah, Rui Diaz is what Giassi Zardes is to Peruvians. That's exactly who Rui Diaz is. He plays for the international. He plays for Peru, and he just doesn't do anything, and he's horrible. And they just watch his Seattle Sounders highlights, and then he's like, oh, wow, I wish he could do that for the national team, but he just can't. So I think it's it's pretty funny that that comparison came to mind. Um, I I don't know. Have you watched any of these games, Ivan? Have you seen Tarbell play? It's weird. It's so weird to think that Tarbell is their goalkeeper of choice. And this is a – they're in the finals. I mean, and they, they put up a clean sheet against Nashville, so it's it's just odd to me. It's still a murky situation for me. I forget if there was, like, some sort of injury or red card that, like, mm. Tarbell was thrust into the lineup and then he had happened to have a great game or something and they stuck with him. Yeah. Or if it's still kind of – goalkeeping committees are obviously very rare, but that might have been one of them. But yeah. Yeah, all logic would tell me to trust Eloy Room instead of Andrew Tarbell. But <laughs> at the same time, as much as he was slightly more useful than Daniel Vega mm. in a Quakes jersey, if he depends, wins an yeah. MLS Cup, good for him. And now I might have to root for him against Seattle. <laughs> yeah, I remember him being a good shot stopper. So, I mean, maybe that's all like they asked for him. Vega. <laughs> yeah um that's all they, they that's all they asked for him because i remember he couldn't distribute the ball at all and that was a huge problem maybe he's changed that um but i just think yeah how do you how do you even play from the back or maybe you know what maybe they just kicked the ball forward or to the half like um to half uh forward on goal kicks and then they just have jesse's already pull it down so i mean they have a tall striker out there a target striker that they just go ahead and and kind of just get the ball. But, yeah, I guess we'll see, right? If Tarbell starts in the final, we'll see how he does. And, and if he wins a ring, I that's good. For, that's great for him because he's a former Quake. And at least we got something for him, not like Va- letting Vaco leave and Denny Husen leave, but we'll get into that. <laughs> right. So, Crew would go on then to face New England Revolution in the – Eastern Conference final, and it was a close game with Arturo scoring the winning goal. Jonathan Mensah was a rock at the back, and Lucas Ryan was a problem up front. I think Columbus crew, they're not a team that's just going to be, oh, we're up against Seattle. Well, I guess we lost the MLS Cup because it's Seattle. Yeah. We tried. No, they're not going to be like that. They're going to be 
good competition for Seattle. And to Seattle's credit, they've had a tough road to the final as well. They had LAFC in the first round. Then they had to sneak past FC Dallas in a 1-0 win. And then they had to do the improbable comeback, a 3-2 win over Minnesota United. So Sounders, they haven't just been given the red carpet to strut to the MLS Cup final once again. Yeah, and and I think what makes these two teams better than the Quakes, and I see one glaring missing piece from the Quakes. These both of these two teams have former MLS quality players that were on different teams. And uh-huh. that is something that the Quakes or Jesse Fiorinelli just does not like doing. He doesn't like Darlington Nagby from the Timbers to the crew. Right. Jesse Zardi from Zardis from LA Galaxy to the crew. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for the Sounders you have like, like Will Bruin. Think of Will Bruin. Will Bruin, right? yeah. Still scoring playoff goals for the Sounders. Stephen Fry. Exactly. Yeah. Just quality former MLS players. And then they bring in their DP caliber guys like uh, Nicholas Lodelo, Rui Diaz, um, Zelarain. I think that's how you say it. Um, but yeah, basically, Zelarayan. Yeah. And they, mm-hmm. they take the team to the next level because it already has a good foundation. The Quakes need to have a better foundation. And then you'll see stars like Espinoza, or we, if we get like a Matias Sukar. They will succeed if they have a good foundation. Unfortunately, like players like Vaco didn't have that foundation, and we just didn't want to sign for some reason MLS players. And that's it's kind of we where used we're at. To. Two of our guests, Marvel Wynn and Quincy Amariqua, were from yeah. other MLS teams. Yeah, I wish that was the case. And but yeah, going through the Quakes roster in my head, all of these players on the roster have either spent the majority of their MLS career in or their career in general in, in a San Jose Earthquakes uniform, which is yeah. great. But yeah, it's good. Yeah. I mean, want a, a mix of experiences too, but yeah, yeah. we signed Andy Rios, Danny Hoosen, uh, Florian Youngworth, Hudson, Alanis, Hudson, all from outside the league, Carlos Fierro. So yeah, it's uh, an interesting situation. Kashia and Baco too. So, yeah, I guess I, I guess that's what they brought Jesse Fiorinelli in. I mean, they were done with the Mark Watson, Dom Kinnear type of soccer teams that didn't, I guess, didn't meet the status quo for the owner. Because, I mean, think about these two teams. Like I said, they both have great quality MLS players, and then they have their DPs that take them to the next level. And they don't have – the only problem I see in Columbus is their goalie. I mean, if, if it's Andrew Tarbell starting, I, I'm, I'm worried for them. But, I mean, looking at Seattle, they I mean, Jordan Morris, quality. Nicholas Odeto, quality. Rui Diaz, quality. Fry, quality. That, that back line – Gustavs Vinson, he scored the yeah. winning goal against Minnesota, and he's played in a World Cup with Sweden. Yeah, and he's a super sub, right? He's he comes on at the end of games and for Sweden. Uh he starts for yeah. Seattle. Oh, okay. So he starts for Seattle. And then mm-hmm. Jovan Jones, you know, knew who these 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 type of quality guys that I would love to have. And again, Brian Schmetzer is just reeking the benefits of I mean, he did a lot. Delasau Stefan Fry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this guy has ta- or this coach, Brian Schmetzer, has taken them to four MLS Cup finals in the last five years. And that's, that's you a, should have a part of the stadium, regardless of what the stadium's <laughs> name becomes from here on out, uh, named after him. 
because he has done a good job. And it's a tough act to follow, Siggy Schmidt, who did a good job as well, but he's brought even more MLS Cup success to Seattle. And in a city which has had a mixed bag of fortunes in other sports. You know, Mariners haven't been to the playoffs in almost 20 years. Yeah. You have Seahawks, who they got the Super Bowl, but they some would say that they haven't capitalized on Russell Wilson's talent. Mm. And then they lost their basketball team to Oklahoma City. I'm not yeah. sure why that decision was made as much as yeah. the Oklahoma City Thunder has been exciting to watch sometimes. But <laughs> – and you do have also the Seattle Storm will give their credit them credit for winning the championship this year as well. So well, they, it could be another situation like L.A. having two championships in a very weird year with the Dodgers and the Lakers. If Seattle can get the job done on Saturday. Yeah, and I think – Brian, yeah, Brian Schmetzer is making a dynasty right here. I mean, these this this matchup for the final is going to be probably. Um, this might be a little bit of a stretch, but two coaches that are probably going to go into the MLS Hall of Fame, and that's yeah. Caleb Porter and Brian Schmetzer. I mean, these two guys have been to the final before. They've they've I think both won the final, right? Caleb Porter has won. Uh, Caleb Porter with won with, with yes Portland. with Portland yes with the Milano <laughs> goal yeah against. Mm-hmm against Columbus so definitely kind of a nice little arc for Caleb Porter as well so this is gonna be a great game yeah yeah I will close the uh, Seattle comparisons by also mentioning that good luck in the NHL of the Seattle Kraken yeah Seattle Kraken I was gonna (laughs) say they have sick jerseys man gosh that's nice nice little team yeah, it's going to be an aquatic battle when they play the Sharks. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. Yeah. Um, um, but who so do you, I'm so, excited for this MLS Cup final, though, because I think yeah. both teams are very solid. They didn't win their respective conferences, but who cares? They went through the gauntlet. They beaten yeah. some tough teams to get to this point, and they have proven quality players for this league, many yeah. of which represent their respective national teams, many of which are in, on the USA radar or who are just pretty good players, even if they're not national team players. So, And they do have the coaching to back them up as well. They have the MLS uh, Cup pedigree crew, I believe, won one with uh, Guillermo Barrochelado as a player. Um, I think it was 2008. Mm. And Seattle Sanders, of course, have been there, done that. So, yeah, I think this is going to be a really tough one to predict, right? Yeah. Um, ooh, yeah. This both quality sides. I think it's going to come down to if if Andrew Tarbell is starting. I think Roy Diaz, Lodedo, and Jordan Morris just wreak havoc and maybe get. They're a, going to be pumped up. They're going to be so excited to yeah. see him in goal. And that's yeah, right. They're like, oh man, close. we've seen this guy before for a worse team. Like, <laughs> like what's going on here? But no, I think I think it's gonna come down to one of them making Tarbo make a mistake or the goalie a mistake. Right. Where they they have they find pressure and they just just make make the back line or the goalie pass the ball wrong. Jordan Morris is really fast, so he's probably just take it to the end line and then bounce it right back to Rui Diaz for a goal. And that's I'm I'm gonna think that Seattle's gonna win. I'm gonna say two to zero. I'm gonna make it like that. Seattle wins two zero. It's gonna be one zero for a long time. I think then, it's 
Keep going. You can finish. Yeah, yeah. And then Columbus is going to try to press and, and, you know, try to send everybody forward, and then they give up another late goal. But I think it's going to be pretty conservative. 1-0 for a long time, and then 2-0 Seattle. I think both teams, they're going to find ways to score, whether it be through open play and set pieces. I think it's going to go 2-2 through 90 minutes Mm. and then stay that way, and then it'll be decided on penalties. And I think – Columbus crew, I don't know how they're going to do it, but someone from Seattle is going to miss, and then Columbus mm. crew is going to w- lift the MLS Cup. Oh, wow. And I don't know why I think it's going to be. I've been so quick to just predict Seattle for every other round that we've done predictions for. Mm-hmm. But I just have a feeling that Seattle Sanders, they dodged a bullet against Minnesota, but it's going to – catch up to them in the MLS Cup final. In a similar way that yeah. Minnesota United, they dodged a bullet against Sporting Kansas City. They were lucky not to concede a goal in that early stage of the game. Yeah. And they managed to capitalize on their chances. And then Seattle Sanders sucker punched them. I think One last word on Minnesota, though. Yeah. I do want to give a lot of credit to Manuel Reynoso. Yeah. He scored Quality. one and assisted seven. So he scored or assisted all of Minnesota's eight goals in the playoffs. Quality. That is incredible. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. So that's, that's it. Um, um, and real quick for MLS cup MVP, oh. I, I think they'll, they'll give it to Zella Ryan if crew wins. Mm. So I'll give it to him real quick. Cause Will isn't able to join our podcast today. Um, he actually predicts that Seattle will win three to three, one, one. Yep. three, one. So, um, for my MVP, I'm going to go Nicholas Lodato. I think he's going to have a, a very solid game where he has maybe two assists. And he's had, he's had an assist in the last six Seattle games in a row. So right. d- definitely definitely going to make an, have an impact on this final. And, and I think he's won it before, right? He's won the MVP um, right. when they won against Toronto. And uh, yeah, this is a quality player, guys. I mean, this is a qu- this is a quality. Last team. year, didn't uh, Victor Rodriguez win it? Because the Spanish player. Let me double check. Yeah, we'll double check that. But um, I think I'm actually gonna. It's so I'm looking right now. It's on Sunday for me at 10:30. So I'm actually pretty excited. I might watch this with uh, my family, my Peruvian family, and then we have something to finally cheer on together right so nicholas the of the uruguayan and then Rui diaz the peruvian so we're excited i'm gonna be excited for this one i'm gonna watch it so it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a good good final i think uh yeah MLS was so a little... uh, rodriguez did mm-hmm. win the mvp last year mm. uh let me check nicholas ladera he might have won it the other year that they won yeah because he, he's not been at uh Seattle Sanders for a few years now. Yeah, he's been there for a while. Came from Boca. Came from Boca. But, yeah, I think this is going to be a quality game. Um, I think this is actually a game that MLS would have liked to have, uh, not like a Minnesota-Nashville type of final. So, so it looks like um, he hasn't won an MLS Cup MVP. Oh, wow. He's won the Newcomer of the Year Award in 2016, uh, CONCACAF Champions League Best 11 in 2018, mm. MLS All-Star in 2019. And I'm lost best 11 in 2020. So that's interesting. This yeah, could be so, Lodero's year if they come out on top. You know, that's crazy. He hasn't won in a single MVP or a title MVP. That's actually kind of crazy. And he, Seattle, they were dominant before him. But when he got there, I mean, that just took this team to this championship caliber team, right? So 
He's yeah, always been a top three to five player in this league, but there's always been that one player that wows everyone just a little bit more. Right. But, yeah, let me end this off by mentioning the MLS Cup time for our time zone as yeah. well. So you can catch uh, Seattle versus Columbus Crew Saturday, December 12th, 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Fox Unimas and Tuden in the U.S. Uh, I'm not sure if we have any Canadian listeners, but it's on TSN <laughs> and TVA Sports in Canada. So yeah. it's going to be pretty cool. I will have work through it, so I'm going to try to watch what Oof. I can, uh, follow uh, through my phone, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch when I get home too. So, And, guys, uh, make sure you watch this. Support MLS so we get more lucrative contracts and then we can get more money in, involved in our club. And then, you know, soccer will be bigger in the United States. So definitely we have to do our part to watch this final. I was thinking this was going to be maybe 15 minutes at most today, but we've extended the conversation a little yeah. longer. It's always a pleasure talking to you, Fabi. Yeah. And I look forward to listening to the interview with Jamie Moore. Yeah. And yeah, I appreciate it's going to be that. A lot of fun. We're getting content a bit more regularly again. Yeah. And, and I look forward to what Tectonic Takes podcast can bring to all you guys in this off season. Yeah, and definitely, guys, we appreciate all your support. I want to thank our Patreoners again. And then I also want to thank all of our supporters um, for keeping with us, even during the off season. We have a lot to report on. Um, we're going to have a lot more interviews to come. And um, if you haven't followed us on Facebook, please do. Um, we are on Twitter and YouTube as well. We, we are doing these new video formats um, so that we can be a little more involved with you guys. And then as well, um, don't forget to five star. And then thank you to the Beautiful Game Network for sponsoring this video, as well as Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. Ivan, this is actually a podcast. We made it long enough to be a podcast now. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how we end up distributing it. But thank you, everyone, for uh, supporting us. And I hope everyone has a happy holidays, Merry Christmas, yeah. whatever you celebrate, enjoy it, even during this unusual year. Stay Take safe. And be safe. Yeah. Get vaccinated. Okay. Right. Go Quakes. Go Quakes. Bye-bye. Thank you.